Hi, this is Chelsea Vale. You have found the Whole Heart Podcast, a podcast for conscious parents who want to do things differently. Parenting the Whole Heart way is about love, connection, play, and raising our children naturally. It can get, at times, a little bit crunchy. Let's jump in. Let's talk music. Music is such an important part of early childhood development. And in fact, it's actually a huge part of education in general. I hear a lot of parents say, my child loves music. They love that toy where they press the button and the music plays. And it's so sweet to watch them dance and sing and clap along. And I'm wondering what other you know musical toys are out there. And I would caution you as someone who's a huge advocate for open-ended toys to stay away from those little machines where you push a button and you get a song for a multitude of reasons. And bear with me. I know you're probably rolling your eyes. I know so many mothers say, well, my kid loves that toy. What they love is the fact that they can push a button and something happens. Same thing with those zoo toys where they, you know, press a squeaky toy and an elephant pops up. And then they, you know, change this gear and then the lion pops out and so forth. And those cause and effect toys are, um, you know, lots of fun for kids. But just because something is fun for someone doesn't mean it's good for them, right? Even in adulthood, there are plenty of things that we could all admit are really fun. That doesn't mean that they're good for us. Same thing for toys. We don't want to send our child the message, it's fun for you, therefore it's good for you. And it's not. What those toys are doing is they are performing for the child. The child now becomes a passive participant in the play versus an active participant in the play. Passive toys create active children. Active toys create passive children. So you don't want toys that do anything. You want a child that does everything. And I hope that makes sense. And when we think about music, if we press a button and a song plays, well, you know, the other negative um, aspect of that is it's the same song every time, or it might be four or five different songs. And if I press red, it might be, you know, one song and blue is another song and so forth. But what we're doing is we're limiting the part of the brain where music is stored and music should be thought about like a foreign language, right? It even has its own alphabet of sorts called notes. And people that can read music can read music um, you know, in, in, in multitude of, you know, different languages and they know the notes and, and music is a great way to express yourself and communicate with others. We want our children to be moved by music and be able to express themselves through music and know that they are the creator of music. And one of the first, um, you know, musical aspects I guess, of, of development is our voice, humming, cooing, talking, and then singing. And for an early child, or a young child, an early child, um, you know, development, it's about singing, singing with a caregiver, making up songs. In fact, even when you're disciplining, sometimes it's fun to use a little song with your child like, uh oh, we need a little bedroom time coming up. Here we go. Let's have a rest. Or, uh oh, you weren't so sweet. Let's take a little break now, my love. You don't even have to have a good voice. But singing can be a great way to bond with your child and get them interested in music and excited in music. And then slowly we want to provide ways of making music that are safe for them and where there's no right or wrong way to play, to you know make the music. Imagine if that toy that they had um, was out of batteries one day and they went to press it and nothing happened. They get the message at a very early age, I'm inferior. I can't do this. I'm pressing the button and nothing is happening. And then we're entering frustration. Versus if you give them ways of making their own music and being control of the musical play, like um, a toddler guitar where they can strum the strings, perhaps a spice bottle where you've emptied out the spices and you've put in rock salt or quinoa, uh, rice or some other grain. 
Perhaps you have um, broken noodles in there. Each of those things are going to sound very, very different in a, in a jar. And if you're worried your child's going to be able to open it up and rice is going to go everywhere, then tape it up. Okay. There's really no excuse. Those things are really easy to make. They are um, affordable. You have those kinds of things around the house. Experiment with all sorts of spices and beans and rice and salt and things like that and let your child kind of shake up and make different noises. What is also really fun is setting out a bunch of pots and pans and different spoons um, and you know lids and things like that and letting the child explore just with drumming and banging and things like that. I've noticed a lot of families will set up a musical wall in their backyard and hang pots and pans and tin foil and um, even different types of, of, of wood and making a little xylophone and, and so forth. There's lots of ways to bring music into the home without limiting it by a battery operated device or a way to put on the radio. I've heard a question asked before, what is music like in a Waldorf classroom? And in Waldorf, music, just like art and um, storytelling, it's, you know, intertwined throughout the entire curriculum, right? Waldorf is really um, hands-on, lots of doing, lots of creating. Music is used in math and literature and history and science and sand play, there are lots of songs sung throughout the day because uh, Rudolf Steiner understood the value of music not just for the development of the heart, but also for the development of the mind. Music aspect of the brain is the same spot responsible for language acquisition, math, and spatial awareness. Music is really important. So we don't want to limit our children with closed-ended types of, of toys or materials. We want them to be the creator. A few years ago, I took my kiddos to Costa Rica, and we lived there for a couple of months. And I had the, the pleasure of visiting a school called Casa Sula in San Mateo, right outside um, San Jose. And uh, gosh, I don't even remember the region. It seemed so long ago. But I spoke with one of my, my neighbors there about the school where his son attended. And I said, what was it about the school that you loved so much? And I will never forget it. He said, well, first of all, they don't have teachers because teachers teach information, right? They have guides. They have mentors. The mentor guides the child in their own learning rather than teaching the child what they think they need to know. So he said, my nine-year-old son went into the school and said, I'm, I'm interested in playing the ukulele. And in America or in some other, you know, more rigid programs, a teacher might say, cool, let's, you know, look it up in a book or let's look up a YouTube video about the ukulele and, um, and, and learn how to play it, right? Or maybe they might go a little bit, you know, further and teach them the notes or how to read music. But this teacher made this a six-month project where they researched the history of the ukulele. Where was it, um, you know, what types of, of songs were written? Where did it originate? Why was it created? What types of people used it? And, and the, the whole history and the timeline of, of the ukulele. And then they went, um, you know, into the wood shop and they began to create a ukulele. This little boy measured, cut, sawed, dug, put the strings on according to the instructions that, that they had found and that they had discovered together painted, sanded, and then taught himself how to play the ukulele with um, a deeper understanding of where this came from. And then eventually was writing his own music and singing his own songs and performing for friends. And I think he even went a step further and was selling ukuleles that he had, that he had handmade. And there's so much more value in that. I mean, I, I could rattle off a list of the different lessons and learning that's taken place there, but there's so much handwork being done and so much brain development. And then imagine the connection to this piece from an emotional standpoint. And remember in Waldorf way or Waldorf home or Waldorf education, 
meditation is all about head, heart, hands. And in this one project, all of those things are being accessed. All those aspects of self, head, heart, hands. The creation and the development of the brain, of the music and its benefit for brain development, the heart, the emotional development and writing songs, and then the hands, the doing and creating. And the connection to that ukulele is gonna be so much stronger. So think about that when you're choosing musical toys for your children. If you say, well, I'm not really a a musical person. I don't know how to read music. I don't know how to write music. I don't really know what to do. It's okay. It's okay to admit that. It's okay to make up silly songs. It's okay to have musical instruments in the home that you have no clue how to play. And it's even okay to invite a teacher into the home. Perhaps you have a Waldorf um, kindergarten at your home or you have a home-based program, it is okay to invite somebody in to work with your child and inspire a love of music. You can also play music like Lear music and Celtic music and change the different genres, classical music. And remember that not everything in Waldorf needs to be done in the home. Even if you say you have a Waldorf home, and you can't necessarily afford a Waldorf school, you can still create field trips um, that are educational, like a symphony, going to the orchestra, going to the Nutcracker Ballet, and and you know l- walking your child around the symphony. Let them talk to the people who are playing their instruments. Let them look at the music in front of them. Let them watch the conductor and and discuss why is he moving his hands that way, and look at the way the people are looking at him and and watching him and, and feeling the music with his rhythm and, and his, his movements, right? Perhaps there's a store or a factory in your area that you could create a little field trip with and go and visit and watch how they create a piano or a guitar. Go to a guitar shop and say, hey, can my kid hang around today and watch you know, some of what's going on or listen to the way that this person educates people about purchasing an instrument. Think outside the box when it comes to Waldorf and parenting and education in the home. It is not always so cut and dry, right? Think about your child and their interest and your abilities as a caregiver and really think about the message that you are sending to your child. And in this instance, if you think outside the box and you create toys for them and you take them to certain places to enjoy their interest and to inspire their interest and their love of you know this aspect of learning, you're sending them the message, I love you enough to put effort and energy into this. I love you enough to read about the value of this for you. That is a much stronger message than here's a toy, push the button, have a good time, right? We always wanna think about the message that we are sending the child, the deeper meaning behind the activities that we provide for them and the way that we interact with them. And remember, most importantly, above all, being a Waldorf parent is not about what you have, where you go, or how your home is set up. It is about who you are as a person, who you are as a parent and your worldview and the way that you model being fully present and fully human for your child by honoring their interest and by taking an active role in um, inspiring their interest and in their learning, then you are being a Waldorf parent. You have been listening to Whole Heart Crunchy Parenting, a podcast for parents who want to do things differently. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe at Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. I'd also appreciate a follow on Instagram at joinwholeheart. And if you'd like to support the podcast through a small donation, you can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash wholeheart. Thank you for listening. Be well.